You're listening to Civic Conversations, a podcast collaboration between the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County, and WFHP. I'm Jim Allison, your host, and Becky Hill is our producer. We're pleased you can find Civic Conversations every month on this station at both W at, at both 93.1 and 98.1 FM. You can also find the podcast at the League website, whose address is www.lwv-bmc.org. Occasionally, we like to feature a local nonprofit in our community, and today's guests are Kelly DeBeke and Karen Jepson Ennis of the Wonder Lab Museum of Science, Health, and Technology. And they're here to discuss science education's importance in a community. Welcome to you both. Thanks. First question. Wonder Lab is certainly one of Bloomington's more recent treasures, and treasure it is. I wonder if you could tell us something about its history, how and when it got started, something about its early movers and shakers, and why they thought we needed a Wonder Lab, either one or both of you. Sure. This is Karen, uh, Karen uh, Jepson Ennis. I'm the current executive director of Wonder Lab. And Wonder Lab was founded in 1995 by a small group of Bloomington citizens, including myself and two other people who still work at the museum. Um, in addition, our uh, our uh, first executive director was the late Catherine Ulmer. Um, she passed away in November, and we really miss her. Uh, she was a physicist and a professor at Indiana University, so she brought the science in. Uh, also, Deborah Kent, uh, it was our, our founder in terms of uh, the general idea. Deborah had taken her uh, family all over the country, and they love to visit museums of all types. And she came back to Bloomington and thought that our wonderful city that values education and has so many uh, amazing cultural activities and a big university really needed a science museum. So that was kind of the initial, uh, the initial idea. And from 1995 to 1998, Kathy, uh, the physicist, and myself, I'm a biologist, we brought science outreach activities to schools, community centers, festivals all around Monroe County. Uh, and those activities were very simple ones. They were based on uh, projects that Kathy had her physics students do uh, that illustrated very important core science concepts, phys um, sound and music, vibration, uh, magnetism, forces in motion with very simple, inexpensive materials. So our goals were two. We, we wanted to make science fun and enable kids to explore in their own way. Uh, we also wanted to build awareness and support for a permanent museum in Bloomington. And uh, additional people who helped make that a reality were uh, then Mayor John Fernandez, he was a real believer in the idea of having a place like this in downtown Bloomington and was a real champion for us and helped secure the Maplefoot site, which is where Wonder Lab, the Wonder Lab building is now. So why, why we all thought we needed a Wonder Lab? Well, we decided it was kind of like a library, a really important educational resource that gathers and binds the community together for shared learning. We didn't want to have to drive to Indianapolis or Louisville to have that kind of experience. We wanted one in our own backyard. And indeed, uh, in addition to guests, Wonder Lab is a really important resource for volunteers, teens all the way through um, seniors to 
to share their expertise in this in this community area. And so where we are now, just a really brief walkthrough, is we've got our own building, we reached our goal, and you open the front door and you see the beautiful grapevine climber, which uh, anybody, any age can go up uh, and climb all the way to the top, close to the top of the second floor. And just like in science, you can see the world and the space around you for, for with a whole new uh, perspective. Uh, bubble exhibits are on the first floor, wind and water, forces in motion, and our infant and toddler space called Science Sprouts Place. Because um, partly inspired by work of IU scientists, it's clear that STEM education begins right at birth. And so we take that very seriously and have developed a spe specific area. The second floor is a lot more quiet. You walk upstairs and there's a tree at the top of the stairs and that's where our honeybees live. And we have other live animals, snakes and lizards, and even a cool arthropod called a vinegaroon. Uh, some of those animals are hands-on too. We take the snakes out and the lizards and the hissing cockroaches and people can have a close encounter with another species a beautiful coral reef aquarium, some big building and engineering systems, and then lab rooms, which are multi-purpose spaces where you can have lunch, you can have a science demonstration, you can even have a party. Yeah, we also use those lab spaces for a lot of our programming that we do. So in addition to the exhibits, we have programming throughout the week we have different programming to touch on all those different age groups. You can visit our website to get times and details, um, but we really encourage you to come out. And even people with very small children, we have programming for you. So we like to support our parents just as much as we like to support our young guests in their science development. Um and some of the other things that you might not know about is we actually have programmings for adults as well. Those are called After Hours. Uh, we have one coming up in February, so this month, all around chocolate. And again, just look back at that calendar and see the other really cool programs we come up, come up with. Um, we want the community to know that Wonder Lab's not just for the littles. Yes, it's for the littles. We're all about science education, but there's something there for everybody. Karen talked about the origins of Wonder Lab having a lot to do with outreach, and we've been very fortunate to get a Lilly grant, and that is going to allow us to double our outreach in the coming three years. Um, so we'll be able to get out in the community beyond Monroe County in different schools, and community centers, and we're really excited about that. The other one we have is a maker workshop. That's for ages eight and up. We have one that coincides with the eclipse. Ours uh, workshop will be on April 6th, where we'll be making pinhole projectors and dissecting cow eyeballs so we can connect how that projector works with how we also use our eyes and our brain to the view the world. Um, so, yeah, so many cool things. I see why kids and parents love a visit to Wonder Lab. Can you tell me, in your opinion, what distinguishes scientific thought from other kinds of thought? Yeah, well, 
when it comes to scientific thought and the scientific thought process, um, what really stands out to me is the logic-based and the evidence-based. And there is nothing more important than learning how to practice those skills. So as we become adults or continue to be adults, we can use that logic to help us problem solve through our daily lives. We start young because we feel like even our youngest guests are natural scientists and we want to build those science identities in people. Anyone can be a scientist. Anyone, anyone can grow up to be a scientist, a physicist, an engineer. And it's important to us to let those young people know that. It seems to me there's a lot of hands-on stuff going on at, in, in your Wonder Lab. I wonder if you could give us an example of that hands-on approach to science. Sure. This is Karen again. I can do that. Um, I, I think the, the distinctive feature with hands-on is the the ability to physically manipulate things and explore with real, authentic materials, uh, as opposed to a place that's a, I, I call it a book on a wall where there's a lot of sign content. We, we have some signs, but we, we don't have a lot of words. It's very focused on individual exploration and discovery. Um, and that a, a guest is able to ask a curious question and answer it with the materials at hand. Those are some of the criteria and qualities we strive for when we either create exhibits or purchase them. Um, and so I think my best favorite example is one of our oldest exhibits called the Magnetic Sculpture. And it's very simple. It's just an enormous magnet that's very powerful. And we put a bunch of stuff next to the magnet and people can uh, experiment with what sticks to the magnet and what doesn't. So uh, you can take a piece of paper and hold it up to the magnet and see if it is attracted, or you can take a metal washer. And for those of us who are grown-ups, this might seem kind of trivial, but if you think about a child who has not experienced a magnet or a magnetic force, this is a real opportunity for discovery. And I also want to touch back to the scientific thought process that a, a real core aspect of scientific thought is curiosity. That's what drives all basic scientific research and the development of, of new knowledge. And so we really work hard to make Wonder Lab a space where curiosity is fostered, where people of all ages can just explore and practice being curious about something. Okay. Climate change is a major scientific, economic, and political challenge of our time. And I'm wondering, do you see Wonder Lab as a means of preparing young people to face that challenge? Yes, definitely, most definitely. And I'm, I'm really glad you asked this question because in the last year or so, Wonder Lab has really uh, elevated and focused on, on this as a priority. Um, and I'll let Kelly talk a little bit about the programs we're doing, but I'll say that um, we, we are working on not only our programming, but having our building reflect our interest in being a role model in the community for um, how we use energy. So about uh, earlier this year, we put solar panels on the roof of our outbuilding workshop, 
And we have an exhibit or a little panel inside so visitors can actually see the live real-time output of the solar panels. And not everybody has ever seen that before. So it's a place where somebody can who has who's not familiar with that technology can learn a little bit about it. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is a project that a group of high school students did this summer. They addressed this issue head on by uh, creating as part of a, a, a school project, a heat reflective paint. And this is actually kind of a new material that enables uh, a, a surface cooling effect and is being widely used in heat islands and urban areas. So they painted a mural on uh, the wall of our building as a way to demonstrate this technology. Okay. Yeah. In Go addition ahead. to that, we're also working on new labs uh, that are focused on environmental sustainability and clean energy around wind turbines, windmills, and solar energy. We also are taking those as opportunities to listen to the young people that come to us and engage them in honest conversation about what's really going on, but understanding that that can also invoke in them this fear or climate anxiety. And so built into those labs is a component of being able to address that and acknowledge those feelings and let them know that they're not alone and they're not unwarranted, but also give them a sense of hope, um, teach them the engineering design process, how to brainstorm big so they can see that they get to have the power beyond just single stream recycling and riding your bicycle to be a part of the change to make this a cleaner planet. Okay, thank you very much, Karen and Kelly, for this tour of Wonder Lab at Bloomington. And to our listening audience, thanks for listening to us on Civic Conversations. This is Jim Allison, the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County. The League is a nonpartisan, grassroots, citizens-led organization that's fought since 1920 to improve our government and engage all citizens in the decisions that impact their lives. Uh, Becky, I wonder if you could tell us something about our next guest for April. I'm happy to, Jim. In April, we will welcome Professor Charles Gardner Gian. He is a distinguished professor and John Kimberling Chair at the Mauer School of Law. Uh, professor Gardner, Gardner Gian teaches and writes in the areas of judicial conduct, ethics, procedure, independence, accountability, and administration. We're looking forward to having him. Thanks, Jim. Judicial, judicial conduct. Timely indeed, I must say. Yeah, it really is. <laughs>